Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Reckless, a talk, our TTRPG interview show, where we sit down with some of our favorite writers, players, GMs, and streamers to get to know a little bit more about what makes them who they are. I am, as always, your host, GM Nathan, and this was a really scary episode for me. <laughs> I pride myself on being prepared for all of our talks, and today's episode was tough, because I got to talk to prolific and excellent TTRPG performer, writer, and designer Austin Taylor, who you will learn through this interview does so much stuff. Austin has worked in a ton of big name and or familiar indie tabletop productions. He has written Monster Info for MCDM's monster book, Flea Mortals, performed in former Reckless Attack spotlighted shows, Transplaner and Strix U, among many others, worked on the upcoming Kids in Capes game, and lots and lots of other things. They also managed to just be a really lovely, thoughtful, and charismatic person on the side. She and I talk about making spaces for yourself and others, labels, choosing characters that choose optimism, lessons learned as a therapist, making connections, and gardening. And the usual caveat of, well, so, so much more. Austin was a real joy to have on, and this one is filled with tons of personality and laughter. That's basically it for me. If you enjoy the episode, please go check out some of our other Reckless Talk interviews and maybe even our actual play episodes that this is woven in between. And as always, be sure to check the show description to find links to all the cool and good stuff Austin does, as well as the random nonsense we talk about through the conversation. And with that, I'll see you next time. Hi, Austin. Hello. <laughs> Just super casually sliding in saying hello. Normal start to a normal podcast episode. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I am. I am. I No, I'm not doing well. I was going to say I'm doing well. I'm doing <laughs> excellently because I'm very excited to have you. Very excited to be talking to you and just kind of anticipating the the lovely chat that we were we were hopefully about to have. Uh, now I'm immediately feeling feeling pressure <laughs> that I put on myself, I guess. But um, no, Austin, good. thank you for being here. It's so exciting. Could you please for those for those those fools who are not familiar with you, what you do? Could you could you tell them who you are, your pronouns, where they might know you from, all that good stuff? Yeah, uh, my name is Austin. My pronouns are he, they, she. Uh, Austin Taylor, I guess, is my whole name. <laughs> you can find me on whichever social media is <laughs> in charge right now yeah. as you listen to this. At Sailor Scott Austin, at Sailor SCT Austin. You may think, how could you predict that future, Austin? Who knows when I'm listening to this? It's because whenever a new social media pops up, which feels like every day right now, <laughs> I go get my username. Yep. I may not do anything else. I'm just like, this one's mine. And then I leave. <laughs> I am an award-winning game writer, designer, performer, and friend. Currently nominated for an any. Yep. Uh, as of this recording, when you're listening right. to this, they may have already been handed out. Right. Yeah. I think because uh, I think because any's will be next. It's next weekend or this weekend. Oh, my God. Either way, it'll yeah. be out. You may be in any any award winning performer, but I may be any award winning. Yeah. Uh, but you are you are all over the place is is the point. 
<laughs> and, yeah, and I do, do a lot. And do all the things very well uh, as a writer, as a performer, uh, on transplaner. Uh, for those yes. eagle, eagle-eared listeners, uh, for Connie Chung, who was on earlier on the show, uh, and Strix you also, uh, friend of the show, Lexi McQueen running. Um, <laughs> so you, you, there's been a lot of overlap, a lot of yeah. a Venn diagram of, of me being like, there's Austin. I'll talk to her at some point. That'll be good. That'll be good. I'll wait. I'll bide my time. I'll wait in the weeds, and then I will finally pounce. And uh, and here we are. Uh, and I'm again couldn't be more excited. But but Austin, you do so much, right? You're you're everywhere. If there is a tabletop activity to be doing, you are doing it professionally at a high level. But that's we don't we don't we don't start with that on this show. No, 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 no. We go back. We go back to the beginning. You know, we mm-hmm. get into the the core of our various guests. Uh, so for you, uh, I'll ask the kind of bog standard question of <laughs> how did you how did you get in you know involved and introduced to tabletop role-playing games or just nerdy stuff, you know, kind of what was the core memory for you as, as you, you started on the trajectory that is, that is the rocket ship, Austin. (laughs) If you want to know just nerdy stuff, it's age five. (laughs) Oh yeah. For just being into nerd culture and nerd stuff, it is age five. So it is 1996, 1997. I always forget how that works. Uh, As we all know, it's 90s and, Sega is making everyone lick their shoes. <laughs> They're just dominating the video game market. No one can touch them. Nintendo tries taking them to the literally Congress over it. <laughs> it's a whole it's a whole mess. Whole mess. That's this is a different podcast going into that. But like many people, my mom had a Sega Genesis because she had one before I was born. Because she was in through like the late 80s and 90s, she was like in college. So like other college age people they're like oh the sega genesis is cool it's not the dusty old nintendo <laughs> right does what nintendo don't <laughs> exactly yeah uh she got a sega like you do with your adult money in the 90s <laughs> when you have all this spendable income <laughs> mm-hmm. and so she introduced me to sonic the hedgehog on her sega genesis so that's like my first nerd thing that kind of yeah, like right. moving into video games and stimuli movies blah 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 uh in terms of tabletop games it's like way later yeah I was 22 because mm-hmm. I was still in grad school. So 22, I think. So I had tried to play tabletop games a few times before this. I tried playing a D&D game at an anime convention. <laughs> the adventure was stopping evil, savage orcs. Right. Okay. And I was like, this Painting feels a weird. And so <laughs> mm-hmm. I left. Like I, I made my character, but I left. <laughs> and then I played a friend's like, I think it was, I don't think it was Starfinder was out yet. I think it was a Pathfinder first edition game that they were modding to be like a sci-fi game. Like, I, I don't think Starfinder was out. Mm-mm, I don't think so. By that, by that age, I don't think. Since I've gotten really into the hobby, like Starfinder's just existed. So I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. not Starfinder <laughs> existing. Mm-hmm. So then I was finally 22. So like now we're at 22. And a friend was starting a new, a new D&D game because 5th edition had like just come out. Yep. I had never played D&D, so it didn't really matter to me. <laughs> yep. And it was like, oh, uh, yeah, we're going to play and like figure it out together. Because like all these other people had like played in campaigns together for like years and years, like six years. And I was like, sure, I've always wanted to play. So that's like my first long running campaign, long running game in the in the tabletop space. How long was that one? And you were you the only new person like jumping into this kind of established group of folks? Yeah, I was the only new person. 
Um, and I had like hung out with some of them. They I like had yeah. played Magic the Gathering with some of them and stuff, but I never like played tabletop with them. Uh, that campaign lasted, including some stops, like two years. I want to say maybe three. Oh yeah, hell yeah. So it, it was a lot of fun. It was like their home, their original homebrew road because like has come out there wasn't like a lot of there weren't like i think the only venture i was like the team amount adventure at the time because it had just come out right oh yeah fresh fresh so it was it was a lot of fun it was like the, it was like that dana devito gift like i get it <laughs> I, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the heavens opened up for you you transcended space and time a little yeah yeah i had never done anything like that with people i i didn't know because like growing up i didn't have like the computer i didn't have a computer or like internet mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i didn't do like mmorpg stuff with people i was on forums because you could get on like at school or at the library <laughs> so i did like mm-hmm. some form mm-hmm. rp but i never like played a game and like told a story with people and tabletop was like way different than any video game that can do it you can just like get a similar effect when you like like people are playing city of heroes or like world of warcraft or like other games or like there's a story but you could you could like rp with your friends if you wanted to too and see whatever you wanted was actually happening right and so i was just like hooked and it was so interesting because i distinctly remember like i was hooked and i was the one like i made like memes for the campaign and i'm like posting (laughs) like theories and all this stuff in like the facebook group just dream player just you you went in and you're like i i have this i am all enthusiasm i am all in what a what a what a gift (laughs) i was so excited and i remember other people like they were excited but like he wasn't their first time yeah, right. so, yeah absolutely we all get jaded that's why the beauty of a new player is that they're, <laughs> holy shit you mean i can i can just go over to this table and push it over if i want to that is the greatest thing that i've ever heard in my entire life yeah the discrepancy of like they're like yeah that was a lot of fun and i was like no you don't understand what are we playing next <laughs> what was what was so what what did grab you like what part of it was it anything in particular was it the whole was it the whole thing the whole thing is a very reasonable answer but is there anything looking back now that was like oh yes this is i'm gonna make this my whole thing for a while <laughs> it's see it was it's just like such a unique way to play a game mm-hmm. so like i enjoyed the game part like i enjoy it like i'm a weirdo i consider myself like in the like tabletop industry sometimes because i feel like there's been a shift to like very narrative play which i do mm-hmm. enjoy especially when i'm performing like that works way better for like entertaining people when i'm playing at home i'm like mm-hmm. yeah i want the little map and i want to move my little guy and i gotta i'm like i can move this mini if i do this uh, i have this ability uh okay so and then i like i like doing all the little math and i, I want all the little bits and i want to like plan out my move and then it's mm-hmm. my turn and i'm like yeah so i move 10 feet and then i like hit this guy and then with this ability pops off and i can teleport 20 feet so i yep. can get to this guy and then i have 20 feet of movement left because i only moved 10 feet so i can go to this npc that we're trying to save and get in front of you know i, w- I want to do all that absolutely yep my, my eyes like I, they didn't cross but like i like blacked out and was like sent to other other campaigns where that was the case it was just so <laughs> so vivid and familiar to me <laughs> yeah so i i enjoyed doing i enjoyed that aspect of like the combat because i was uh yeah. I was one of the, it was base fifth edition. So I was like the monster slayer ranger. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Cause my friend said that was the best one of, in like the book. <laughs> and I was like, I really want a buddy. And they're like, well, the buddy one's bad. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, mm-hmm. don't pick the buddy one. I will just give you a buddy at some point. Right. You're right. Got it. Experience. Good DM. Yep. So I was the, the monster slayer one. So it was cool. Cause it was like, when you like hit, 
something and you hit something else, you get like a free third attack on a third different target. And if you like fell something, you could like move 10 feet towards a new target. And so I was like, yeah, just just whirling and and like just being, uh, you know, just bouncing between everyone and killing everything yeah, and exactly. doing all the fun finicky bits that, that you were looking for. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I mean, I was very traditional, like my first character was a wood elf. They were from a yep. They were they had no clan. They're yep. like they didn't know where their family was. Check, check. I was I did like cool flips. Uh <laughs> I was I was the one like trying to harvest every monster. My friend's like, this is a monster hunter. And I was like, what's monster hunter? Because I hadn't played it. <laughs> and I was like, what if I what if it was monster hunter? And they're like, fine. So I had like armor and weapons made from like all the stuff we had fought. <laughs> and it scratched all the itches, is what you're saying, is yeah. the point. Yeah. So so I'm I'm always interested. It is always jumping in and saying I I I, I like this thing, and now I'm going to do it for people outside of my life, for strangers on the internet. <laughs> is such a is such a wild choice for anyone to do anything. Mm-hmm. And so, when did that opportunity enter kind of into your life? Uh, and and did you kind of have any initial thoughts about it and kind of initial feelings about, Hey, this is something I'm interested in doing or something. Uh, maybe I guess I'll, I'll try it. It was, I want to say 2019. The first stream I was ever on was on a channel that I think is no longer around called heroes without limits. Yeah. I think I remember the name at least. And I don't remember the name of the show like at all. Mm -hmm. Um, I've tried finding it recently just to like, see how different like even yeah, just like, sure. like i was in like a different room and like <laughs> how the door, i was like i just had like a headset mic i was it, things were so different <laughs> i've been on twitter for a little bit and i wasn't really in the tabletop space i came into twitter and i was mostly in like comics mm-hmm. and um like just follow like random like news people and that was really all i did and i like had slowly started collecting tabletop people because i like i like knew all the big <laughs> people right, right. Uh, and I followed those accounts because I'm like, well, I do like D&D yeah. and I do like like and I knew some other games because I'm friends with Adam Vass, who runs World Championship Gaming Company. It's like I follow Adam. It's like through Adam. I saw like other smaller minded projects like uh, indie minded projects. Mm-hmm. And somehow like the Heroes Without Limits thing came in my orbit, like, yeah, over right. slowly following people. And I have been thinking about like performing could be cool. I've been playing with with uh I've been like running games and I've been like playing in a game that felt like I was like, I'm doing some good I pre. I think I could do it. Yeah, yeah. And the biggest thing for me is like because I only knew of Rivals of Waterdeep right. in terms of like a that was like that seemed high profile and had like more than just white people there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean twenty yeah, twenty nineteen, that I'm not gonna say that that was the option, but it was pretty close to the the option at least it, it at the at the kind of successful visible tier yeah I guess. yeah and that's that's how it felt and i was like i want to start performing so like maybe i can do that one day and i was like i'm not an actor you know because like you know like the big like cr like they're all voice actors so they like act yep but i was like well, all, they all talk they're, they're just like people and they like to play and, and they're all industry professionals they're like writers or editors or totally. some other form of professional in the industry but i'm like but they're like they're not none of them are like I'm a trained actor. Like, okay, maybe I could like start doing this and like just get better at it. And so it's purely that. It's like, I was like, I want to do it and then see someone like me. And then for a while it was that. And so like my first stream, like I was the only person of color. So I was like, well, I'm glad I'm here. (laughs) And then my first one that felt big or important to me, like in, in, 
and for yep. me was uh called Waverly Summer. Waverly Summer is set the year that Blade and Mulan came out because uh, my <laughs> my character was like a pop culture. Uh, yeah, got it. We were teenagers. <laughs> uh, we played we played the bubble gum tree system, so it was also my first like not big. Yeah name ttrpg show i was like i've never heard of this system this is so cool you can do what there's other games that people like play on streams because <laughs> that happened during the lockdown yeah and during it. lockdown was when i like really drilled in uh i played this like pop culture lover named leon yep. <laughs> me austin just knows a lot right yes definitely <laughs> i knew that uh blade and mulan came out very close to each other <laughs> within a week i don't think it was the same weekend my character that was like like played that up a lot of like wanting to see both movies yeah uh, <laughs> the barbenheimer of its day yeah, yeah exactly yeah. we but we were like teenagers investigating our weird town that like everyone knows this haunt, but no one talks about but like weird stuff is happening and then turned out there's like the fey realm was like crossing over into ours and that was my first one where i was like i'm good at this yeah that's interesting i can do this that was like a good I like a one really good session. I was like, I can do it. Maybe not every session, but I can do this. And so that was my yeah. first like, I like doing this. And also I was told to stay in my house indefinitely. So who knows <laughs> yes. when I'll get out. I got some time and space to do this thing. Was was there anything, another kind of interesting question that, that always pops in my head when, when talking about this kind of stuff with folks. Was there something then that you that you not just like, oh, cool, this is fun. And I was there. I was present. I was contributing. Was there something mm -hmm. like was there a moment that you look back on and be like, and then I delivered this line or I made this choice mm -hmm. or or I had this great scene with this person mm -hmm. that sticks with you? Or is it just you kind of walked away and said, wow, I feel really good about that <laughs> and, and, and took off from there? There is there's a scene. So. Our characters have made their way to the Fey Realm. And again, we're like normal kids. Bubble right. Gumshoe, you're like a normal kid. You don't yeah. have powers. You're a normal, I cannot stress <laughs> enough, you're like a normal teenager. Yeah, it's like <laughs> Scooby-Doo level. You are teens solving mysteries. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're there and we had to, we had like gotten, we requested audience with the queen who accepted because we were guests technically even though we snuck in <laughs> and so we were like pleading to her to like please don't obliterate our town and put your court there could yep. you do something else <laughs> and i like i was like nominated by the group in game uh to yeah. like be the one to like speak for us and I, I wrote a speech we like went to break oh, yeah. and then i wrote a speech during the break and i cannot find it like i thought i kept it somewhere <laughs> oh, yeah and since that happened like i've switched offices in my house and so like there's always in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, maybe one day when we like, if I ever like move, move out of this house and pack up yeah. everything, it'll like turn up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I wrote a speech on like, like scrap paper I had at my desk. And I remember how it started like, we humble children of Waverly was like how it started. Yeah. And I like wrote it and then I read it in character. And then I was like, damn, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> and that was that. And, and yeah. you, you went from there uh so was that how long running of a game was that that was it was over the course of one summer i think it was about 12 episodes like i think it was like almost wow. a whole summer yeah it was a really good time uh, i was like really connected to those people i talked to most of them still like i mean like one of my friends now is like in australia because they were on that show like total happenstance like if i had not signed up to play that game yeah like i wouldn't have this friend that's halfway across the world coming to visit me in october oh cool now like 
three years later. Right. Yeah. But now that you can move freely between now, countries. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that that timeline, and I can't remember exactly, but that that must have taken you pretty close to transplanar times, right? Is that is that right? My memory is telling me that it was like late 2020 or early 2021, mm-hmm. like the transplanar. Like I feel like I feel like that show launched a year ish before we did, or something along those lines. So was it how smooth of a kind of transition was it uh, from that? That sounds right to me. I actually wasn't a transplanar when it started, though. Oh, I, was just, right. I was just yeah, a fan. Of course. Uh, it was so fun. It was really fun being on transplanar. Like I, mm-hmm. I love transplanar. Is been great for me as a performer it's been great to be part of the transplanted family uh it's it was so fun to get added to like because because i was a fan yeah and then me and banana chan who i've who i've worked with a few times uh were just on twitter talking so there was a well i it's like public like matt mercer had like been tapped to play someone in like someone's ttrpg show and he was going to play an asian character Mm, yeah i vaguely remember yeah once like matt wasn't online it was like the weekend uh and so like when monday rolled around matt mercer was online and like said something about it and it was it was, which made sense to me i was like no one that busy is gonna be on this website <laughs> on the weekend <laughs> if they don't have if he yeah. doesn't have like something to promote yeah maybe we all have that that level of success and blessing yeah. in our life to yeah. be able to be like you know this weekend i'm good <laughs> let's step away i don't need it it's <laughs> Some Monday he came on and he was like, you know, he was like, it was like a smaller show and he was helping out a friend. He told them he'd play whatever they needed, like to help out. And he was only going to play. But me and Banana were talking about like, wow, it's really weird that someone might, you know, we were like talking, we were like talking about what was going on when it was happening. Yeah. And we were like, someone put us on your show so we can talk about this. Uh, and then Connor reached out and had us on Transplaner's channel to do like a little talk show mm-hmm. around Robin about like, playing someone that isn't your like human race uh what that means should you do yeah. it for TTRPGs, blah 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 i like knew of connie and i knew a transplanter but i hadn't watched and i was like oh let me so i started watching i was on a one shot they hosted and it was really cool and it was one of those things that i was like well maybe when they finish this campaign i'll get to join the cast and then connie <laughs> reached out i want to say towards the end of 2021 for me to be on the show starting in 2022 Oh, to cool. be like a new cast member yeah, yeah. for the second half of the series of campaign one. It was a blast and a half. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, we don't, uh, we have so much to fucking talk about <laughs> that, that yeah. we can't go too in depth of stuff, but just because you'd already kind of talked about it and kind of your, your first conception and, and impression of the TTRPG space, right. was like, mm-hmm. well, there's rivals of water deep. That is not just a group of of usually cis white people. Yeah, and then to be on Transplaner, which is aggressively, you know, diverse and aggressively <laughs> not that. And I know that that's also something that you prioritize a lot in this the work that you do, in the opportunities mm-hmm. you take, in the stuff that you are promoting, and that kind of stuff. It, it, it this feels like jumping to the end of the interview a little bit, but just because <laughs> it, it is convenient to talk about now. What has that meant for you? Again, not necessarily mm-hmm. just Transplaner itself, but I'm mm-hmm. sure that's a part of it. But just of be, you know, kind of quote unquote starting in the space when that wasn't present, that wasn't big at all. Mm-hmm. None of the big shows were 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 any amount of diverse and, or barely any. Uh, not to erase Rivals of Waterdeep. To now where there are several bigger ones, and you have been a part of them, and you you can see them, and you are now in a place where you have and can and will continue to kind of advocate and and make that make that happen and make it more diverse. 
is that something that you you feel, you know, that you you kind of can reflect on or that you can at least now say, ah, yes, things have things have changed or things are different or things are not different or or whatever. You know, do you ha- have just kind of a sense of the time passing in the in the last three to four years um, and and your ability to to sit at those kind of tables and what that means for you? I go back to, uh, you ask about t- Notice Time Passing, I go back to Waverly Summer, because one of my favorite mm-hmm. quotes I said in that, as Leon, is, uh, time is fake. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. It's one of my favorite quotes sure. I've said. It's one of the only <laughs> gifts that exists as me in the TTRPG space. Oh, cool. <laughs> I use it all the time. Because I would, I don't, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I don't, no, I don't really notice it. I do a lot of leadership stuff outside of this space. And I'm trying, I've been like looking at the idea of doing more, but I'm like very, as we talked, I'm busy. And so I don't <laughs> want to be a bad leader. Yeah. Like I've done a lot outside of this space. I used to help run the zine community in my area. Hmm. I used to run like clubs in college. I like established like a, I think it's the function now, but I'm not, I'm, not, I'm no longer in charge, but like I established like a conference with one of our sister cities in the city I live in, of like oh, international cool. sister city. <laughs> like I've done a lot of leadership stuff and I've never thought about it from the game's perspective. Like, I feel like I've been a part of, I've been lucky to be a part of a lot. Like you sure. have to be part of Transplaner. I got to be part of Strixie. I got to be, I'm friends with Jess who runs like Utopia. Right. Yep. I'm like very lucky, I feel like. And then I definitely see myself as like, I want to like get there and hold the door open for more people to keep coming. Sure. Mm-hmm. But I've never considered what you said, which is which is a very cool thing you've made me consider. <laughs> Boom. Great, great. Nathan won the interview. Check. <laughs> yeah. Success. That's what I want to hear. <laughs> we'll have to edit some stuff out. Great. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, I mean, it is pretty awesome just to like notice the the change you know and it's so it's so interesting getting here right like at the shift yes because i got here like right at the shift because i feel like some people are coming in now and now it's like more standard when you're like applying for a show and you see like you know marginalized voices prioritized you do you feel comfortable self-identifying with anything uh you don't have to but just like as a blanket statement for all to know Mm -hmm. like that's something we consider is important yes and if you'd like to share you can if you don't want to you don't have to Again, going back to like my the first show I was on, and I'm like, as far as my memory recalls, I was the only person of color on the permanent stat, the permanent like mm-hmm. cast. Yeah, there was another person of color that like started with the show, but I, I don't know if it was school or like something like held them back because they were on a few episodes and then they weren't there anymore. And I think they were removed from like the permanent cast list. And it was like, a, if you get time, you can come back, kind of thing. Just sit now. I can't think of a table I've been at in like. The last year, maybe two. Memory gets foggy at two years. <laughs> what, I wonder. I wonder why that is. Two years ago, what was happening? Like every day was kind of the same. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it'll come to me. I'm not sure. It's like I can't really think of a time that was like where I was on, the only person of color at a table, mm-hmm. or yeah. even where like the table was majority white since that first game. Because then I was on Waverly Summer, and that one was half and half like the gm was white and then two players white and then three players were people of color Mm -hmm. and then yeah like after that like i can't think of a time it wasn't at least that like waverly summer was if not yeah majority non-white people were playing and i i think maybe the the easier the easier version of the question that i asked (laughs) was was because that was something immediately that stood out to you right of of Mm -hmm. these tables are not diverse 
These groups aren't. Hey, those those orcs from that original adventure feel a little icky. I don't much care for it. <laughs> I think I'm going to take this character and go. Yeah. I appreciate it. See you later. Maybe, again, the easier question in some ways, or the more straightforward question is probably the word I should use. How does that affect your experience at a table? Or I don't want to say why why is that important? Because hopefully to anyone listening to the show, it is important. You you should know it is important to have diverse people at your at your table. But for you as a player, as a as a designer, as a game runner, all that stuff, you know, how does that shift the experience for you if if at all? It is like a different energy, is the best I can say. So like when I worked on Damus Academy with Banana Chan. Mm-hmm which is a it's a gmless horror coloring book role-playing game the it's still in production i'm not the publisher i i believe i believe that's the last email i got i'm not i was like i get i i handed it off and i was like goodbye you've done your, your part of it yep yep like we were working on that we just like some of our brainstorming sessions and like going over influences and meaning touchdowns and stuff there's it's just like this like seamless conversation you can have it's almost like like you know there's like nonverbal cues mm-hmm. it's 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 like that but something else that's like i don't know how to explain it totally that's very very reasonable <laughs> <laughs> but it, is, it is like a different sort of interaction i think of also like when i was on strix U. I still remember the first cast meeting we had that wasn't even like we weren't recording we were just like sessions i don't even know if it was session zero it was almost like a yeah. pre-session zero because i think we never got to session zero stuff we did <laughs> lexi did one day give us a session zero everybody don't hound yeah, lexi. Right. <laughs> we did have a session zero Call but out. i think lexi <laughs> I think, in case you're listening <laughs> yeah fucking Called out. <laughs> Lexi, leave my character alone. Lamar did nothing wrong. Um, there was like a pre-session zero. And we just like, it was just such a different sort of energy to be there than like any other cast room I've been a part of. And I know sure. that us all being black is like was like a part of that. Like I know it. Um, and we all talk about it. And it's just so different. So like having the first table, it, it's like there's a different way to like coalesce to each other and like connect and relate that like you, you just don't get otherwise because it's Mm -hmm. like this unspoken third language i guess because you have like verbal communication and non-verbal communication and then secret third thing it's like the secret (laughs) third thing that you get to have with these people that like yeah i don't know if i could i don't know if anyone can explain it but i can't totally totally so I kind of want to do the the awkward step back once more of like, cool, we found one topic and then we just bored a hole into the center of the earth. And then now we got to take a breath and come back up. Like I've said probably too many times already in the interview is you do a lot of stuff. Yes, <laughs> you can, correct. You, you write, you design, you perform, you run, you do one shots, you do, you're all over the place and mm-hmm. also are just active online and d- tweeting good takes about comic books and stuff like that all the time. <laughs> And and I, I I'm I'm also always interested in you you do a ton and you do it again at a very high level and a very visible level. Do you have a kind of self identifier for yourself in the tabletop space? Mm. Not necessarily when you're introducing yourself on a podcast promoting something, but in your <laughs> in your heart of hearts or in your your brain, where yeah, sure I write, sure I perform, sure I do X Y Z things, but like really this is all an extension of this one core identity or is it is it more complex and you're you're just you know kind of exploring all the different parts of creativity and tabletop uh yeah. with all this cool stuff you're doing yeah so i go back and forth because sometimes i say storyteller yeah but that has a certain kind of energy that i don't <laughs> <laughs> that, 
the the side eye that you gave while saying a certain energy was yeah i i don't know if that fits for me mm-hmm. no shame to anyone else who's it but i'm like i don't know like when i say it it feels like mm. and i don't know if i like entertainer mm-hmm. either because i don't like i said I'm, like, I'm not an actor right i'm a very i think i'm a very good rpg performer i think i'm quite like i i have a comedy pop culture podcast i think i'm quite funny on that right the level of like entertainer i would say um and this is this isn't even like accurate because all the people on this are like i'm like i could be really good on like dropout content but then again Mm -hmm. most of those people are trained actors or improvers or both yeah and so i'm like (laughs) i don't know if i'd be good but i think i'd be good Uh, (laughs) that's half the i would say that's that's more than half the battle at that point i i feel like I don't see myself as an entertainer and like I would ever be like on screen for like a TV show or movie sort of acting, but I could be like on dropout, which is still like, I guess some sort of performing, but like very different in my brain. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're also designing, you know, you're also doing like you're crunching numbers you're doing, you're like, you know, (laughs) it doesn't even, at least from, from me as an outsider is like, that doesn't obviously that, that, if you truly boil it down, that fits a lot of stuff. But again, it doesn't even fit all the stuff you're doing because it's all to me. And that that's what, what made preparing for this interview kind of difficult is I could go to I could go to Lexi or Connie and be like, so you run games <laughs> and sometimes you write games. But let's talk about like those couple main things. Yeah. And then, yeah, for you, it's like, well, you're. You do all the parts of the hobby, including promoting, including writing, including designing. So I, I was I was really curious. And I guess kind of the next question then is not necessarily in a self-identifier kind of way, mm-hmm. but in a scratching the creative itches of your brain way. Mm-hmm. Do they all feel like versions of the same thing where you're like, ah, you know, I'm all, I'm doing tabletop. And that scratches my brain in a certain way. And these are just different ways to kind of express myself through tabletop. Or is it that kind of thing where I like to write and here's a way I'm writing in the tabletop thing and I like to perform. And that's a very different energy and, uh, you know, kind of expression. What's your relationship to your art? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They are different. Because when I perform, it scratches the same kind of thing of, like, doing RP. And, like, doing mm-hmm. RP, like, off camera, even though, like, a lot of my games are still on camera because they're online now. But, like, doing stuff, like, not in the public eye yeah. versus in the public eye look very different. Very, very, very different. <laughs> they still give me the same sort of, like, good feeling mojo. Sure. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Dopamine is still present. But writing is writing is writing. Usually if I'm, like, I like to write and design, like, world building and lore more than i like to like do math (laughs) but i am good at math i did do ap physics and calc and so like i can do math (laughs) i'd rather not so my day job is being a therapist i don't talk about that a lot but you have to you'd be shocked how much statistics and research you take to be a therapist Uh, yeah that makes sense (laughs) and so i like i can do probability scores i don't want to (laughs) but if we need to run probability scores on these dice rolls like i can do it yeah i'd rather not (laughs) yeah like designing is like some sort of weird other thing yeah but it it does still it feels like writing for the most part um like if i'm 
making an NPC or making a world or making a adventure or like a, a, a I, I like thought of several things that are under NDA that I shouldn't <laughs> say <laughs> or making if you're doing other such work making yeah. <laughs> other such secret things it all kind of feels like the same sort of thing but I, I mean I've been writing since seventh grade wow well, first of all, what were you writing in seventh grade? <laughs> uh, the first, my first foray into writing, besides like stuff for school, yeah, right. My first like creative writing stuff was poetry. Oh, cool! Yeah, that's right. What got you interested in that? I guess because again, it could be it could have been any number of things you could have written, but poetry is a, is a particular skill set, especially in you know what whatever like. 2002 or whatever it would have been yeah, at the time, yeah. right um not not in in any other time period but yeah so what what about that kind of caught your interest enough as a as a as a as a preteen to like start start expressing yourself that way you know it's 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 quite simple really puberty <laughs> and there were pretty pretty girls who like yep. poetry <laughs> as soon as i asked it my brain's like well i think i know what my answer would have been and it was yeah. Kind of something along those lines. <laughs> yeah, there was, I don't remember. It was like a friend, but I like clearly had a crush. Like looking back, I'm like, I just needed to ask her out. I never did, <laughs> which is fine. But yeah. like, it was like clearly like a different friend had started, had like written up home for like a girl he liked. And it went well. And I was like, poetry sounds fun suddenly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, it was because like, I feel like a lot of kids go through certain phases, you know, and like some of the things yeah. I've like, been drawing and I couldn't draw which whatsoever, even a little bit. And other kids like play music after school, but like I, my parents were together and they both worked. So like I was a latchkey kid. So like after school, I was just at school still. Yeah. So I wasn't going to like music lessons or anything. And so it was just sort of like, there's other things that people were kind of like going out and trying and stuff. And like poetry was sort of the first one that like someone mentioned that I was like, yeah, yeah. I could mm -hmm. also do that. And also this pretty, pretty girl <laughs> seems to like words. Yeah. So <laughs> so let's see if we can marry this yeah. into one beautiful pursuit. How can I? <laughs> uh, and so that that's that's kind of it. But I, I really took to it like a lot of again, like people wax away. And I think most of my friends that were like trying it out stopped and. I just never did really. I, get, I hoped I got praise for it. Like, I think it was seventh or eighth grade. I was in like a, like my church's newspaper or something. They had like a contest and I was like the poem that won. Um, I couldn't tell you the poem. <laughs> the winning poem. It like went out to the neighborhood. Uh, so that was cool. And then I wrote my first prose story, ninth grade. I got an A+. Plus. I was also I was hey, like, hey. I was like in this <laughs> my teacher wanted me to like keep writing it and I think I did a little bit but it's really fun it's I tell the story because it's very funny because it was like 115 percent clearly Aragon fanfic that I just switched <laughs> the names of about like the next gen like the generation after the first regenerate like it's like the generation after Aragon brings back Dragon Riders yep. and this person becomes like half human, half dragon. So it was, it was like weird Aragon <laughs> slash dragon fic. Like I like found it recently. It was written. I was like, man, this is, uh, this is high school smut. <laughs> they gave this an A. I was, a plus. I was real clever with my wordage. <laughs> I guess it was, it was, it was, uh, vague enough. They didn't know what was happening here, but yeah, I just, I stuck with writing. I uh, kept doing it. I still write poems from time to time just for like private because I did zines for a while. Yeah. I did like poetry zines. I, it was something that I was like, I am 
okay at this and I could get better at it. Totally. Yeah. Well, so first I need to take a small time out and I need to to respectfully ask you to quit adding things that I want to ask you about, like poetry zines, <laughs> onto the pile of shit that I already really want to ask you about. I this apologize. is nominally a tabletop role-playing game podcast, uh, but it's also about writing creativity and blah, blah, blah. That was the on-ramp to the, the actual writing question, I guess, that I have and the kind of self-expression ones. You tell a lot of stories, right? You perform in them, you make your make characters for that you write in in a lot of books and also i know that you consume a lot i deeply cherish the austin anime and comic book <laughs> and movie takes that are out on again whatever whatever social media site exists yeah, wherever, wherever there whatever social media it is and if the sag after strike is done i am now talking about movies again i'm currently right. not talking about movies or tv shows <laughs> or struck companies their ask of influencers which do i consider myself an influencer i don't really know but i do qualify for influencer under their union like i could join the union as an influencer so that's enough for me to be like fair i won't do that yeah just we'll we'll wait exactly um but that that is all to say is that that it's it you strike me as someone who both puts out a lot of stories but also consumes a lot of stories and is thoughtful in doing them right is that the reason that i like your takes on those things is not just because you're oh hey she also likes spy family neat (laughs) (laughs) it's it's because you know you're talking with enthusiasm or you're critiquing or you're being thoughtful just generally Mm. so especially now that you're doing it out you know very loudly and very publicly and and at a a high clip and doing it collaboratively with people mm-hmm. have you noticed themes about the kinds of stories that you either like telling or uh you know kind of processing and consuming that you know kind of that, that have kind of crystallized i guess as you've mm-hmm. been just kind of being being refined into a storytelling engine over the last handful of years yeah uh so i'll talk about things i knew about myself and things i didn't know. things i knew about myself <laughs> my characters don't wear shoes if i don't mention it just assume they don't they don't wear <laughs> shoes none of them wear shoes if one of them wears shoes i i didn't make them i was told to play this character and i was told for some reason i had to have them have shoes on got it it's a me thing so it, it's it stems from like i had this one and i won't tell the whole story but i had this one like very whirlwind of a summer where i stayed on my college campus i think it was my sophomore year of college i like stayed all year i was like I'm not going to go home. There's no reason to like when you hit that age, it's like I could go home for the summer. But why question mark? Like, (laughs) right. Yeah. I was a kid that commuted to school. So it wasn't like all my friends were home for the summer. I had more friends up here. I had made friends that were local to my college's area that like already commuted to college. They were still here. I was like, it just makes sense. I have no reason to go home for summer. So I just started staying year round. I don't like to wear shoes. (laughs) I wasn't in school that summer. I just stayed in the area and I just like didn't really wear shoes that summer i carried a pair of slip-ons in my bag if i wanted to ride the bus because <laughs> i was i wasn't going to just work the bus yep. or if i wanted to like go into the student union or anything like i would i put shoes on in areas that were like you gotta wear shoes right right where society has deemed this is a shoes only kind of yeah. area but outside uh in my apartment because no one really cared there especially because i was mm-hmm. in a college town in summer if you imagine it, it becomes a ghost town when you live on campus. <laughs> so I just didn't wear shoes. Uh, I like went on the walk in the woods with no shoes. I was just like, I don't wear shoes now. 
and so to this day, like I don't like to wear shoes. Anytime I can work somewhere where I don't need to wear shoes, it's great. I used to work <laughs> with kids in like a childhood development center. The kids don't care if you wear shoes. The staff didn't care if you were <laughs> like literally the only adults who wore shoes in that place I worked were HR staff. And that's how we knew when it was HR coming to talk to us, yeah. <laughs> even if it was someone new, because none of the staff that actually worked with the kids wore shoes. None of the supervisors who were the kids wore. we didn't wear shoes. And we see we hear shoes like, oh, here comes HR. <laughs> here, they're coming to tell me I didn't clock out on time or whatever. Right. My timesheets, et cetera, et cetera. So that's a me choice about not wearing shoes. <laughs> I've found I really like to play bimbos, which is also me. <laughs> I realized it was me after I started seeing the trend. Got it. Characters who don't really know what's going on. Yeah. are trying their best to figure out what's going on for the life of them cannot keep track of what's happening, but do care a lot about these people they're with. Yeah. And I find yeah. that it makes for really good, like moving plot forward mm-hmm. situations in, in tabletop games, especially on streams, you know, of like this person that I have made has no idea what anyone is talking about, about this like big overarching plot. But mm-hmm. me, Austin sees the time and remembers <laughs> that we need to be in like, we got to hit our mark. Yep. So my yep. character, Austin, what are you doing? Yeah. I can't stress enough. Uh, your girl left like eight minutes ago because she got confused. <laughs> she saw like a bird and started following it. And she's and then she was like, oh, and you and I'm like, yeah, there you go. You're welcome. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and they happen to be wandering at the direction of the next plot hook that yeah. we're supposed to be getting to. Oops. Yeah. They it is. It's that. And they're always like very big and strong. I like making optimistic characters, which to me feels mm. like part of the bimbo thing. I feel like bimboism is like choosing <laughs> optimism. You're like choosing yeah. You can know a lot. Like, I have a master's degree, and I still say I'm a bimbo because I know a lot, but I don't know anything about things I don't care about, and I can be naive about them, and I don't want to not be naive about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, they choose optimism. They choose positivity. One of my favorite pieces of media that have come out recently was Mugen Train, and I really love the character in Goku. It's a slight spoiler for Mugen Train. Uh, of this, like, like, a tragic or doomed hero sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I like having characters that think they're that even if they're not that even if i were to gm and it's like they're not gonna die you know like i like emulating this like i'll do i will push myself beyond the beyond like i'll do anything to like you won't get past this line like i i enjoy that sort of like uh (laughs) like ferocious characters yeah does that kind of sense of of optimism and I'll say values, I guess, mm-hmm. does that permeate when you're writing stuff too? You know, when it when it is like when you're putting a setting together or when you're, you know, XYZ other projects not covered yeah. by NDA or vaguely <laughs> talked about <laughs> around NDAs. You know, is that something that, that you know, are those still important to you? at a conscious or subconscious level when you're also writing stuff and putting stuff together or consuming things or does it differ? Yeah, no, I mean, I really enjoy, um, like here's the line, right? Like I played in Transplanter, which is like a grim, dark fantasy (laughs) setting (laughs) about the apocalypse. Right. And so like, I loved being in that story. I was on a mini series on, uh, Vana's channel um, where I played Apocalypse Keys, which is about like, oh, so the Apocalypse. So I enjoy playing in Grimdark Worlds from time to time. I would even play a long form campaign in one, frankly. Like, I think it'd be really fun. But I feel like in terms of like, when I write, I see enough like bad stuff. Sure. That I'm like, I don't need to add more bad yeah. stuff. And again, not that like, I think Transplanter is a beautiful story. I think the Apocalypse Keys game I played in was a beautiful story. I think Apocalypse Keys is a beautiful game. Everyone play Apocalypse Keys. <laughs> 
<laughs> like, I don't think there's anything wrong with those. So I don't mean to say like they're like bad, negative. Totally. I feel like I have a better tool set to tell more hopeful or more neutral stories yeah. than those sorts of stories. Again, like I had a lot of fun playing in Apocalypse Keys. I want to play more. I want to play in some sort of dark Arthurian legend story. That sounds like a ton of fun. Like I would love playing in those stories. But I think when it comes to the writing and designing side, I think I have a better tool set to not build those tools for someone to do that yeah. even though i made demos yeah. academy which is a horror game <laughs> <laughs> well you know we as humans contain multitudes we can <laughs> yeah we can we can write different stuff for for different reasons for sure so um well that brings me to to another question that i had was you know obviously you're doing a lot of stuff kind of of, of your own volition but also a lot of the things you're working on are very highly collaborative um whether again you're working on someone else's game whether you're a player in in a show it's it's that Etc. You know the the things that you do <laughs> as someone who works who me works very hard on. Okay, how do I communicate my needs and how do I you know kind of identify the needs of others? How do we work together as a group? How do we collaborate? Has doing all the work that you've done in the tabletop space or just generally has that kind of honed in on? Kind of, oh, okay, here's how my brain works, and here's what I need when I'm being creative and working with other people. Here's what I don't need, and here's how I here's how I talk to people about about all of those needs and stuff. It's been like a twofold journey. Um, I mentioned a little bit, well, like my day job is a therapist, which is yeah. like a bunch of training and stuff. Um, and so in that, I learned a lot about it because there's a lot of uh, sure. points in your career when you're getting your license where like you work with people be it in your internship or your practicums when you're working in like university clinic or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then when I worked in the child development center, same thing. Cause I was usually on like, like I was one of two or three people for each kid for like their uh, developmental team sort of yeah. situation. And so I feel like it's been like a long journey and it's something I think about often of like, I use the skills I learn in both parts of my life for both parts of my life and so like through tabletop i've learned i'm a damn good team player i think <laughs> i'm usually sure. here to have a good time make other people feel cool and at most when i make a character i probably have like one or two things that i'm like i want to do these two things if i don't go to that's okay even one is okay otherwise i'm just here to be like what do you want to yeah. do <laughs> yeah so i really like helping others reach their goals in that way uh well, sure and I just said, I don't know, I'm, I'm a pretty easygoing communicator. The only things that I'm like, as long as I know everything that's happening. Sure. So like in terms of like things I need, like I just need to know what the plan is. I don't do well with like half-baked plan being thrown at me and then not knowing what else to do. Yeah. So just like clear upfront communication. And then I'm usually like good to go when it comes to like work stuff. Part of getting ready for the interview was I watched you and several other designers do build uh, the kids and capes. Oh, game yeah, the kids on and capes. Stream, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, really fun. Two ish years ago or something like that. And that was definitely the impression that I got is is you you were very collaborative and very like chiming in on things. And, and so that that certainly certainly tracks for me. Another thing that even two years ago um, that really kind of stuck out to me about your contributions to that was not just kind of that like genre savviness of like, okay, what's the fiction we're trying to achieve here, right? Mm -hmm. and, and how do we get to that? But also you were very thoughtful about a lot of the kind of mechanical considerations that went in just in terms of, hey, this other game does this. And mm -hmm. and the way that that works makes you feel like this. Are you someone who, who reads 
games and rule books like f- uh, for fun i'll use air quotes <laughs> casually or <laughs> or or on the side is that something that you that you do and have kind of a good or a, a, a decent handle on and something that you try to kind of incorporate or is that just kind of like i've picked it up as i've as i've played things i found i do better at tabletop games if i get to play them same yeah so most of those were like i've like played the game or I, or i had looked at it in preparation for working on kids in caves like for that one i like did a lot of like looking at other rule books that I knew were similar mm-hmm. uh, that I could that I could like get a hold of. But at the same time, like I used to play more board games than I do now. I mean, I'm sure that as many people fell out of that hobby when lockdown <laughs> happened, and I couldn't really play board yep. games. And then it was sort of like, you know, I was spending a lot of money on these board games. Maybe I'm okay. <laughs> Because I have several. Yeah, boy, I got this whole this whole like cabinet is just full only of games, huh? Do I need to keep buying? Oh. Yeah, yeah. It, so it's Ooh. like, especially because I'm like, I have like four that just haven't been played yet through mm. lockdown and like Kickstarter fulfilling and like even though like you can see people a little bit, like I we just, it's still just it's like not a thing in my head. Like when pe- we hang out, yeah. like oh, let's get that game we have, you know. So, but I I would just like. I get a new board game and I go home and I crack it open and I like take out all the bits and I read the rule book. That was that was like my evening. So I used to do that a lot. Tabletop attire because like a board game rule book, even like Scythe is only like 20 pages. And then like a tabletop rule book is like 20 <laughs> pages is like one section. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. That's that's chapter one of 14 yeah then, yeah <laughs> so it's a it's a bit more daunting to be like i'm gonna read this whole rule because you know like i've run games and it's like read the rules absolutely not yeah but right. yeah <laughs> i can help you make a character which is all we're doing today yep right i will know enough to deliver whatever experience we're looking to deliver this evening great yeah. check let's rock and roll yep is that both and and maybe this is maybe i should maybe i should separate this into two questions but i'm not going to damn it uh, <laughs> when when you're sitting down to to do a to do a system or to do fiction or to do a character are you someone who start who likes to nail down a mechanic you know or 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 the mechanics or whatever like the crunch you know uh to kind of inform your character or do you like no fiction first oh i need to have this trope of this genre first and that's the character mm. or kind of how to or how do you approach your creation are you someone who likes the fiction or are you like i need to figure out what the gameplay loop is either for this character or for this system and then we'll kind of roll from there so if I'm going to be in a one shot, I usually I think I just try and think of like a character that'd be fun to play. Yeah. And then I'm like, <laughs> I can I can chameleon into whatever yeah. playbook, whatever, where I don't whatever someone wants to pick. Just pick your stuff first. Yep. I will pick a different playbook. It doesn't matter. I just have this personality. <laughs> yeah, I'll have I'll, I'll make my own fun for three hours. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, I'm really. OK. And if it's a <laughs> campaign or miniseries. If I know the system, I'll like think of a person that'd be fun to play, and then I'll think of like how can I do that with the rule set. I've been told a few times by people to like to to power game, and I'm like, all right. Uh, <laughs> and so then I'll like, and then I will like put on math hat and power game, and I'm gonna be like, what kind of person have I made? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's usually like a good mix of like, yeah, I have an idea, and I'm like, if I know the rule set, I'm like, well, I know the rules. Let me do this. For the Apocalypse Keys game that I just played as of this recording like a few weeks ago, that one was like, I picked the playbook first. Because I find for most games that are under PBTA or Blade, or like a Blades in the Dark or a Blades yeah. in the Dark hack, like 
it's really easiest to pick the to like look at the playbooks first and get ideas mm-hmm. because the playbooks don't dictate your personality, but they dictate a lot. Yeah, they're very flavor flavor forward. We'll say yeah, yeah. and so it, it's it's in your best interest to just like lean into it, other than like be like I want to play a preppy sunshine like yellow ball of joy, and it's like. I could pick any of these playbooks, but I'm I have to do some work to like. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> to really maneuver through here. Yep. Totally. So God, I chose the edgiest possible playbook that doesn't work with this beautiful <laughs> yeah. shoeless bimbo that I have once yeah. again bimboed my way into. Oopsie yeah. daisies. All right. Uh, is this a fun challenge or is this maybe something I should <laughs> ch- yeah. just adjust? Yeah. Totally. I, I want to go back a little bit. We've maybe mentioned once or twice that your day job is being a therapist. <laughs> it's come up once or twice. I think one of the coolest parts about, especially the indie kind of tabletop scene, is there are a huge number of us, I'm not even going to say the majority, probably the majority, if not the strong majority, are not actors or professional improvisers or what have you. We all have our own weird things that we do in our day job or have done previously that we kind of bring to the space and bring to our maneuvering in it. Mm-hmm. So for you, especially at, you know, being in a place where all, being online is is loud and <laughs> is a lot sometimes <laughs> and yeah. insert insert uh, descriptors here. But but also, again, we already talked about it, has a lot of interpersonal relationships, has a lot of, okay, I'm switching gears here. I'm doing this kind of project now and I need to know what it takes for me to recenter myself. And, and a lot of using your brains and your feelings, <laughs> which is as I understand it, a lot of what therapists also <laughs> also trade in. So has has that life experience and, and obviously ongoing professional experience, has that colored the way that you move through the space or or what kind of what have you identified or learned or just what's your relationship, I guess, with your your professional therapist side and the the professional you know, tabletop content creator side of things. I would say the relationship is like this because of my work in games. I'm a better therapist because I'm a therapist. Mm -hmm. It makes me a better performer, designer, writer. So something that therapists and therapy doesn't talk about a lot is like clients impact you back. You know, there's like, there's like a transfer there. And it isn't that like their therapy is my therapy, but it helps you see things about yourself when they're talking about stuff. Yeah. And when you and when you talk to them back and you're like going through the like processing with them, like you like realize parts of yourself and then realizing the parts of yourself, you get introspection. With introspection, you can be a better any anything truly. Yes. But in this context, specifically like game stuff and then working in game stuff, it's similarly like I can come in and I am not anyone's therapist that I work with and like in games. Not your therapist. Right. Won't ever yeah, be yeah, your yeah. therapist. <laughs> Hard line. If you're listening to this, I won't be your therapist either. <laughs> I, I, I tell all my clients about it. Like, I'm like, yep. I do like tabletop game stuff. If you happen to follow me, please unfollow me. I yeah. won't know if you follow. Like, I won't know if you secretly follow my TikTok. Please don't. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. But but there there are lines. There's a line here, and I'd like you to stay on this side, and you stay on this side. Thank you. It isn't like I don't have those same skills to be compassionate when I'm like coming into a session and like someone is really like someone needs to. I've never had it happen in public, but like someone has like X card or Mm -hmm. someone is like 
having a really bad day or we're dealing with like like there's something someone wants to convey along the lines of like how it is to struggle mentally or something yeah got it yeah isn't mm-hmm. like i don't have those same skills still and it isn't that you i wouldn't still hire consultants and editors for that sorts of work when it comes to like writing for sensitivity but it's like i am a mental health professional so, and i think mm-hmm. i know a thing or two mm-hmm. to help us like achieve this for this game or to like write this sort of story or to do this sort of performance and so the two inform each other in this sort of like yeah positive feedback loop where it just it like, keeps going yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Stop me if you've heard this before. Austin, you do a lot of stuff. <laughs> but, you know, you you are someone who who is is very visible, who is in on a lot of projects and a lot of in a lot, a lot of high level projects, you know, have, have recently written for MCDM. Um, again, I'm uh, for the Demos Academy for performed on a bunch of big channels all, all over the place. And, you know, but but also you, you you do have a day job also. Right. You you are a therapist and and and, uh, you know, you're you're standing in both worlds. So tabletop wise, what direction are you hoping things are going? What are your goals? If you have any, what are your your hopes? What are you like? I'm not I don't think I'm going to do X, Y, Z things or I would like to do less of that or I'd like to never do that ever again. <laughs> what are you what are you moving towards, um, if anything? There's like other creative stuff I've looked into. Like I've written like test screenplays for mm-hmm. gigs before, and I've written I have like book ideas. Like I've like I've I have like a comic script I've been writing since 2018. So like I have like a bunch of stuff, uh, but like things I'd like to do in tabletop. I mean, it'd be honestly be cool to have a full time job in tabletop mm-hmm. or in games in general. But when it comes to stuff that I'm currently doing, it's like, I really would like to be on Dropout. It'd be cool to be in the dome sure. for something. <laughs> that would be sick. Mm-hmm. Brittany Mulligan, if you hear this, I would love to be in the dome. Spoiler alert, you're not the only one who has uh, yeah. expressed such desires or <laughs> used this as a platform to reach out specifically to Sam Reich, to Brennan Lee Mulligan, etc. Uh, to, to pitch it. In, in fact... Uh, Brennan, if you're listening, you can also extend that uh, my direction too. You, it's, we'll be a package deal, the yeah. two of us. Get us, get us both on. <laughs> yeah, like that would be that would be pretty cool. I have a few adventure ideas I'd like to do. I'm really into dragons. If it wasn't clear, <laughs> it's so I have a few dragon ideas that I'd love to use for like a publisher because I'm like I don't think they're like a full game in, on their own. And I've looked into doing just like adventures on various websites or like using hio yeah. or something but it's like it's something i'd like to put in a book and again it's just one adventure and not like a it's not like a campaign it's like an adventure so like i'd love to do that for a company um i have two original ideas that are like yeah that are like hopefully focus after kids and capes is like wrapped up because kids and capes is still in development right now so i'm hoping when at least my part of kids and capes is wrapped up and it's on to yeah. like hunters and kickstarters and all that, all the fun, all the fun stuff when everyone else gets to look at it. <laughs> and I don't have yeah. to stare at word, a word document anymore. Yep. Um, yep. I, I hope that when that is wrapped up, I can focus on um, some ideas I have because I want to do a journaling game. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, and I want to make a party game. I really, I have, I have what I think is a really fun party game idea. Oh, OK. We'll be be keeping an eye out for that accordingly. Um, update the, the show descriptions. <laughs> you started out as a performer, right? And started out kind of uh, being in that space. I, I think a lot of people 
in the tabletop role playing game space are in at least in the indie level are in a lane. You know, they they swerve every once in a while and they release a game or they're like, oh yeah, and I'll I'll be I'll appear on a couple friend streams here and there. Um, but you are doing all the things all the time, <laughs> and and but so but so you have a real you know you you got a real foothold in the design and the writing space as mm-hmm. well as the performer space. So what was the process like and and what was the the opportunity and kind of decision for you to to say, oh cool, I'm having a lot of fulfillment performing. And oh, there's this this other writing part that I quite like and I'd like to do more of. And here you are doing quite a lot more of it. So what was that what was that process and kind of decision like for you? I sent out a tweet and it was, <laughs> I would really like to write for a game one day, I think. I, I write poetry and I've done some prose work. Uh, I've never written for a game, but it would be fun. My fr- and my friend I mentioned, Adam Bass, who runs World Championship Gaming Co. Mm-hmm. Hi, Adam, if you ever hear this, thank you so much for everything. Adam, <laughs> Adam gave me my first shot. I had never written for a game cool. before. And for Adam's game, Cobwebs, uh, which I think you can get PDFs of, but I don't know if it's in print anymore. I wrote one of the quick starts. It's pretty short. I think it's like a few hundred words. Mm-hmm. It was my first time. I wrote, I wrote a quick start. This It's this horror game. Not horror. It's like spooky. Yeah. Yeah. And I had a lot of fun. And after I did that, and it was super, super fun, I put out another tweet. Like, once it was done, and I got my little invoice check, and I was like, ooh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I've I'm, written I'm for games. Yeah. I sent out another tweet. Like, I had so much fun working on, like, this game for <laughs> World Championship Gaming Co. Because uh-huh. it, like, had just come out. It's like, I'd love to do more. And Banana was on that project. Got it. Yeah. And Banana saw my tweet, was like, we should make a game. And I was like, yeah. You know, it was like, social media. I was like, yeah, that'd be great one day. Love your work. I was like, this is like junk just happened. Like, Banana, <laughs> I came in and Banana was all, I, Banana was like one of the first game people I followed on Twitter because I saw like an, an article in them about Facebook. Uh, so Banana <laughs> was like famous to me. Yeah. Like, this is so cool. I'm on the same game as them and they're making junk. Oh my God. They know me. They follow me. What's happening? This is so cool. Banana is in my DMs that afternoon. Like, <laughs> when are you free to meet? And I'm like, this, you know, again, I think it's like nothing. I think it's like Banana is going to get pointers. Yep. You know, they're POC to POC, like this, like an upperclassman in the space to me. Right? Yeah. Like, I'm a new. Uh, yeah. Which is still amazing, which is yeah. still like, wow, that is generous and, and wonderful. But like, it's one thing and it's not we're making a game together thing. <laughs> no, I was like, you know, Banana wants to meet and it's going to like give me pointers on like how to make a game and ins and outs and blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, that's cool. And Banana like fully is like, like has a game idea and like a pitch. Yeah. And, like, and I was like, wait, are you pitching to me to make this game? I was like, yeah, do you want to? And I was like, I, you could have, put, yes, anything you want to do. <laughs> do you need me to get you a coffee? I know we're digital. <laughs> Venmo you, is that, is that fine? And that was really it. I owe a lot to Adam for giving my first shot. And I owe the world to Banana. Uh, Banana, if you hear this, I love you. Uh, Banana has given me so much mentoring, so much friendship, so much love. So has opened so, so, so many doors for me. Literally, when we've been in person together and figuratively <laughs> has like introduced me to someone and has like it's and that was it. Like, but I was like, here's Austin. They're great. And like his just, just been like an incredible supporter, person, human friend. Anyone listening to this, if you don't know Banana Chan, I'm sorry that you don't. But you should go learn yourself and yep. find them on social media. Banana <laughs> Chan Games. I promise you. They've worked on something you love. Yep. Check the show notes. It'll all be in there. Go yeah. check it out. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> like Banana's in Target. Banana has games in, like, come on. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
A question that I always love, but I feel like we don't get to often in these is who has made a difference for you in the tabletop space? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we've talked uh, about about several members already, not just in terms of, hey, I want to make sure I shout this person out for helping me, for opening that door, for giving me that shot. But is there anyone who you look to, I, you know, I don't want to say as like a hero because that's kind of a, a, a problematic, mm-hmm. you know, way to look at. You say you're a, a hero. You're so frustrated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Or you could sing it. Singing feels singing somehow feels more authentic than just calling someone a hero. But um, you know, is there someone or or several someone's who you kind of look to and say, yeah, I I like the way I've learned a lot about comporting myself, about how to do work, about how to be creative, how to shit post with with great efficacy <laughs> uh, in in the space that, that you want to shout out or just kind of reflect on and and share some of the lessons that you've learned. Uh, from these these wise elders uh, to to anyone who might be listening. Yeah. So, I mean, I've said banana several times. Banana, 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 banana. Uh, <laughs> but also for sure, uh, who I mentioned earlier, uh, Jess, who runs yep. Utopia, has just been... Jess is also incredible. Jess does do, like, writing and editing and stuff, but also does a lot of, like, production stuff. Mm-hmm. If there's, like, live actual play stuff you're seeing, like there's a good chance either Jess had a hand in it or taught the people that are producing for it. I don't have Jess's eye, but we'll like watch shows together. Sometimes just like, Oh, that's my like scene swipe technique. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about Jess, but I believe you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so Justin just produces for Strix you as well. Mm-hmm. So they've just been an incredible friend, person, human, so much love to me. Just actually, as of this recording, had like just left from visiting me. Uh, over the weekend oh cool there's someone i will like go to when something's going on either with like a work question or like if like someone wants to work with me or hire me and i'm like hey have you heard of this person because just has been here longer than me and just like so valuable even though we work in like different spheres in terms of like our skill sets like you still just meet a lot of people like the industry isn't that big and it's right. not that old either in terms of no. like the level it's at right is really from what i from what i've been told it's really like 2018 2019 started taking off yeah and then during lockdown funny enough when everyone like when they had this big influx into the space kind of bloomed it into what it is now yeah and it's only just now trying to like get its sea legs and like how does this industry actually support the people in the industry because it's not it's not that big with that much money in it sort of situation (laughs) (laughs) nope Is there anything that we that you want to talk about that we didn't talk about? Anything that you're like, oh, hey, actually, I want to expand on this. Or you didn't ask me about this thing, which I'd really like to talk about. I said there are two things. The one thing is the longest stream I've been on is actually it's a very small one. Uh, it's called Mind and Martyr, and it's on the Friends Real Dice channel. Uh, I just have a lot of fun there. It's not like um, the most visible stream I'm on. I think it's like mm-hmm. a time slot thing mixed with like, I know Friends of Dice has been going through some like restructuring. So like, right. we've been running while there's restructuring, but like. Oh, yeah. See, I didn't even know that. <laughs> I didn't know that they were still doing stuff while they were. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of people just haven't been checking because it's like. <laughs> yeah. Running. Did you know while being on the road while it's under construction is sometimes hard. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it doesn't go anywhere. turns out the road just kind of stops and you just keep going. It's been really fun. And then the other thing that I always say anytime I get the chance is just remind people, your DM, GM, facilitator, storyteller, game runner is not your therapist. They're not your therapist. (laughs) Please don't treat them like a therapist. Please don't expect them to be your therapist. If you feel like your game is being therapeutic, 
that's great. What you should actually do is make a little journal from all your game notes and go find a therapist <laughs> and talk to them about like, I was playing this game and we did this and it felt good. Like it was therapy. So I felt like I should talk to a therapist about why it felt good. Right. Or felt very bad. And why do I, why am I so angry and upset by this? Even yeah. though my boundaries were not specifically pushed or, or bailed or whatever. Please do one of those things. Please <laughs> listen, listen to the recent reckless to talk episode with Hillary Davis, licensed therapist to talk about the intersection of tabletop and and mental health incredible that's that's really cool austin i have i have some bad news for you and it's bad news for a couple reasons the first reason that it's bad news is that one of the the second thing i'm about to tell you means that that we've had a wonderful productive uh, elucidating just a joyous laughter filled conversation Mm -hmm. and it is winding down that's fair But the second thing that I'll tell you is that unfortunately for you and your eternal soul, that means it is time for the Reckless Attack lightning round. (laughs) And the Reckless Attack lightning round is a gauntlet that uh, many have gone through. Some have survived. It is the same (laughs) questions that I ask to every single person who's ever been on this show in the same order. There are no wrong answers other than like a lie, just because that's kind of lame. But it can be a one word thing. It can Mm -hmm. be a, oh, I have a 15 minute long story that I'd like to tell you in response to this. Or it could be, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a good answer for that. All valid. It is your space. It is your time uh, to answer whatever it, you know, kind of however you are called to answer. Okay. Are you ready for the lightning round? Oh, yeah. Ooh, coming with a lot of confidence. I'll, we'll see. We'll see how it turns out for you. Question one. Is your glass half full or half empty? Half full. What excites you creatively, spiritually, and or emotionally? Margot Robbie. I forgot to also say I, I will have to. I try to restrain myself from, from commenting on any of these. And that it felt, it felt necessary for me to, to give that qualifier in response to that. What does not excite you creatively, spiritually, and or emotionally? David Zasloff, the current head of Warner Brothers Discovery. (laughs) What is your favorite sound? There's a movie called Kikujiro. Uh, It's a very, very good movie. But the point of this is in the movie soundtrack is done by joe hisashi a lot of people know joe hisashi he does the arrangements for most of the ghibli projects mm-hmm. especially if they're directed by miyazaki any of the like classic ghiblis you may think of he arranged them for sure he did the arrangement for kikajiro as well and in that there is a song called summer in that arrangement there is this like i don't know again i mentioned earlier i haven't done music i don't know if it's like melody or chord or what like on piano but it's yeah. like this like three note like that is like very very good i listen to it the first and last day of summer every year oh lovely i listen to it throughout the year but like i it's like a thing yeah it's very very good kikajiro is about a retired yakuza member trying to take a young boy to his mother for summer break Mm. and they get in they have a whirlwind adventure along the way lovely uh i will also link to that song if i can find it also in the show notes what sound do you hate i can't stand the sound of like plastic and styrofoam being opened oh Mm-hmm. it's like a bad like i mean like the bad plastic not like the good sturdy plastic like toys are in i mean like the rubbery plastic that like would sometimes be on school lunches and you gotta like rip it off like that makes my skin crawl what is your favorite word Kawabummer. 
What is your least favorite word? I don't much care for the word tibia. <laughs> what tabletop role-playing game and or D&D monster or antagonist have you never faced or run that you would love to? I want, I want to run Tiamat. Mm. What is your favorite adventure of all time? And this can be certainly a tabletop role-playing game uh, adventure, one you read, you played in, you wrote, you watched, or it could be an adventure movie. 1999's Mummy is the go-to example <laughs> on this podcast, but whatever that means to you. I think it was actually a pretty fun time. I just had the Percy Jackson books for the first time mm -hmm. at the behest of somebody, and... Shout out to my friend Liv. And so I, I really, I had a good time with those. It was actually quite fun. Favorite is hard because I just forgot every single adventure ever. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but that's something that I read recently that I liked. That was an adventure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. What is your favorite tabletop role-playing game character of all time? And again, this can be an NPC. It could be a character you've played. It could be someone else's character. It could be one you watched. could be whatever it means to you. It's so funny that I just mentioned them because it's going to be live. Their handle is live in a day, L-I-V-E and I-N a day. Liv's character on Strixu, Anaya. We have recorded some more work for Strixu. That's probably the most Lexi wants me to say. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Lexi, if you're listening, if yeah. you're listening to this, Lexi, I apologize. Lexi, uh, you know you know how to DM me. If you need me to edit this out post-fact, <laughs> let me know. You know, you understand you, you know how it goes. We got we we got you, don't worry. But we um, yeah, Liv's character is everyone's character is great, but I think yes. Liv's character goes through some stuff that is just like, <laughs> oh my gosh, the yeah. the I wish I could have been part of whatever talks that Liv and Lexi must have been having for this character arc. Austin. Yes. Final question. What gives you hope? I really like watching my garden be alive. Mm. I have like this really huge garden, um, me and my partner. Uh, and it's like we're, we have a house that's on a corner and it, it like wraps around like the whole house because mm. it's like a corner lot and yeah. it's on a slight, it's like on a hill, not like up on a hill, like a like a mansion or something. <laughs> like not, there's it's a, not a trope. You're not no. like looking down at those beneath no, you. No, it's like up. It's like on a on a steep <laughs> end grade that was yeah. absolute hell to mow. So we turned it into a garden, <laughs> and it's really fun to see it. Like like there's pollinators yeah. and there's like a bunch of birds because there's a bunch of bugs and we do have bird feeders and stuff. It's just like really cool to wake up in the morning and see stuff doing stuff yeah it was huge for like during lockdown because like there's no there's not a lot of people doing anything like you'll see a lot of people walking mm. but like seeing the outside world do stuff even like on a slow day is like very i don't know there's a certain like mm -hmm. air to it that's like that's that's cool like we we like did something and it's like benefiting other stuff but it's it's it, what, it, what i think is neat about it is like it benefits like these animals greatly right like there's like a little ecosystem in our garden now but like they don't know right they're just like yeah. they're, they they can't conceptualize that we did it birds <laughs> birds are arguable because the birds will come out of the trees and like hang out on the telephone line when they see me come out to refill the bird feeders so like very cute and good <laughs> there's like a behavioral learned behavior there of like when this person 
walks around and then goes away <laughs> and doesn't bother us. There's food. Yeah. <laughs> and so that that is that is pretty cool. And it's like in a way of like when I get to perform or write or like be be on a show like this or be on my show or like do yeah. anything to like put fun out there and enjoyment out there like i don't know who will like pick up that adventure or read that book or play that game some people will tell me most people i'll never have any idea i'm the animal in that situation like i like put something out there that's like helping people but Mm -hmm. i won't know not not helping people i don't want to be on like a pedestal but i'm putting something out there that's like affecting people's i think lives very reasonable yeah, the joy is being brought unto the world and entertainment through the stuff you're doing. And and that that feels like that fits under the umbrella to me. Yeah. And so it, it's one of those things. It's like, that's pretty cool that like, yeah, my garden is my way of like being reminded of everything. Like we all do that. Like you do it with this or like whoever's listening to it is probably does it with something they do. We all put enjoyment out there in some way, shape or form, be it we're wherever they're not and like affect each other. And I think that that's like a that's like a really amazing thing that we get to do every day as people that we get to do that. And we get the at least I get the warm fuzzies. Maybe some people's like existential dread to be like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> but it's fun for me to consider like I get to do that every day. And I am lucky enough that I can have the cognitive awareness that to know I do that and to be like thankful for it. Yeah, absolutely. Usually uh, this is where I would go on a whole diatribe uh, going back to the, 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 the lightning round drama of talking about congratulations for having survived this harrowing journey. But that was just too lovely a sentiment for me to talk too much <laughs> over. Austin. Thank you so, so dearly for being here, for sharing yourself and for sharing all of your expertise. It is yet another episode where I wish this was a four-part series and each of those parts were two hours. I feel like I could have talked to you about all of this and more for quadruple the time. But as a reward for having made it on the other side of the Reckless of Talk gauntlet of Lightning Round, could you please tell everyone who you have been, where they can find you, and how they might best be able to support you? Yeah, I'm Austin. I've been, my pronouns are he, they, she. I was going to say I've been because I'm used to doing outros for shows. But I've, <laughs> I'm Austin. I've been Austin. Yeah. Uh, my pronouns <laughs> are not, he, they, she. Also would not be the first person to have just gone into like rote uh, memorization yeah. of an outro <laughs> or intro. You can find me anywhere. Maybe we found publicly on the internet at Sailor's Can Austin. It's at Sailor S-E-T Austin. If you don't find that, that means I don't want you to find me. Stop looking. <laughs> I'm an award-winning game writer, performer, and friend. Game. Yeah, I said all the words. Yeah. All the things that could be done in gaming, you have gotten awards nominated for. I, I do those. Other than that, best ways to support me, find me on social media. I don't mm-hmm. know which one you use, dear listener, but please find me and follow me. I'm doing my best to do a little bit of something on each one. You might see posts that are the exact same. Give me a break. I'm yeah. one person. <laughs> don't, say, don't say shit about it is, is the moral of the story. If you're be on cool. more than one and you see them in both places, be cool and just like both. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> then you have found the, the beautiful magic Easter egg of, wow, I, this is a message especially for me. I saw it twice and yeah. you have won. You have not caught us in anything. Nope. Uh, the best, the best ways for me right now, I'm doing a lot of stuff that's under either an NDA or like a very cool, be cool contract for pre-recording this. <laughs> <laughs> and it hasn't been announced yet. So I don't have much to say that I'm doing actively other than like, I'm on Mind and Martyr on Mondays on Friends Roll Dice if you want to know where to catch me on a live show. But other than that, it's a lot of writing and NDA stuff. A Kids and Capes is coming eventually. I'm not the publisher. I don't know when it's coming out. But yeah. Kids and Capes is coming. I'm working on that. You all know that. that 
that's public information. <laughs> Be on the lookout for more news about kids and capes. And at the end of the day, just just go follow them on social media. Please. And I'm sure that Austin will scream as soon as they are able <laughs> to about all no the things that they idea. are on. <laughs> you y'all should really keep an eye out for this fall. You should you should be following me and keep an eye out for this fall. <laughs> That's a threat. That's a threat. <laughs> You should be in, keep an eye out for me this fall, threateningly. <laughs> Austin, thank you so much. It has thank been you. just a joy. Uh, and, and thank you, dear listeners. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.